Hi there! Welcome to episode 24 of the Waveback Music Podcast. Today's episode is One Hit Wonders for Various Platforms. Enjoy! Hello again, this is the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Vicky. And we're here to talk to you about some of the most interesting video game music there is. Tonight, I had the pleasure of touching on a topic I've wanted to do for quite some time. Most of the time, we concentrate on soundtracks for specific games, but I discovered that that leaves some of my favorite songs in the lurch. Many games either only have a few tracks in them in the first place and aren't enough to justify an entire episode, or they have pretty average soundtracks with maybe one or two standout tracks. So I thought it might be fun to do a little one-hit wonders episode to shine a spotlight on those games that wouldn't otherwise get a full episode. Truth be told, I thought of a whole bunch, and it was too many to fit into a single episode, so we'll likely be visiting this concept sometime in the future. Now, there are a few uh, ground rules that I I included for myself. Um, As I was doing this, I came across a lot of... I'd say a lot of different types of games. I'm I'm planning on doing a Black Box Nintendo episode at some point, Uh, so a lot of those games, like Duck Hunt and Excite Bike, I left off this list. Uh, And also Sega Arcade games like Space Harrier, Hang On, and whatnot. Left those off the list because I'd like to dedicate an episode to something like that as well. But those things aside, if you have any great one-hit wonders that we missed that you would like to hear, send them to us at mail at geekade.com, and we will gladly consider them for the show. Anyway, on to business. Uh, let's just let's dive into perhaps the most exciting thing uh, of the night. Uh, Vicky, how are you doing? I am fantastic. <laughs> I'm super excited to do this. I don't... I might know some of these songs. Like, I see number seven, so I would definitely know that, and ten, and eleven. So we've got that going for us. All right. Vicky knows a couple of the tracks. Uh, some, <laughs> a lot of these tracks are admittedly rather obscure, <laughs> so... Uh, but that's kind of the joy of this, is I get to share some of this music uh, that I that I absolutely love. Now, this first track uh, turned into something really spectacular earlier today. Um, the first track is a a song from a game called Degeneration for PC. Uh, this is an it's just an old kind of action puzzle ish game. Uh, from an isometric view, you're a, um, a delivery guy, and you go to this like science lab and there's big different quote-unquote generation things bouncing around that are all about killing you and you're just trying to save all the people deliver your package and then move on it's got a really kind of twisted sense of humor and uh but it's and it's so clever it's so clever and i have sung the praises of this game many times before i've, I've talked about it on the stone age gamer podcast uh the first installment of lost in time is about this game if you go to geekate.com and look that up um I love this game, and I really love this this music that's in it. There's very little actual music in the game. Um, I actually have never beaten the game, so I didn't know there was ending music, but the, there is title screen, not really title screen music, it's like the intro to the game, uh, and that's the music that we're going to be listening to tonight. Uh, the track is called uh, Degeneration Theme, and it's by a guy named Sean Googler, and this is a fun story that happened to me earlier today. When looking up who wrote this song, I came across the name Mark Knight, uh, who's done a bunch of uh, other cool video game soundtracks, but he corrected me and said that it was actually done by Sean Googler and pointed me in his direction. And while I was talking to Sean about the track, 
um, he, uh, you know, let me know a little bit more about his career because he was kind of a hard guy to track down specifically relating to this song. Uh, he did audio toolchain support for Tomb Raider Underworld, Dr. Muto, uh, and Gauntlet Dark Legacy. He actually has an IMDB page, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, he also, when this game was a... I asked him if he, he had a version of this uh, song that didn't have any sound effects because the only version of the song that I had was a version that was I recorded off of DOSBox uh, when I you know found this game years later because I played it you know way back when it first came out I think in '91 uh, and I, I loved it then and I eventually emulated it on DOSBox because you know that's pretty much the only way to play it and as part of the intro there's this part where your delivery guy lands his jetpack on a roof. And it makes this kind of jetpack sound effect that's going in there. And I asked him if he had a version that didn't have that effect in it. And uh, he actually told me that, one, DOSBox doesn't correctly emulate his audio, so there's a handful of notes that were missing in the version that I had. Or if you emulate this game on DOSBox, you're missing chunks of this music. And also that the jetpack sound effect was actually built into the song because of the limitations and whatnot. And it, it, the the programmer said that it had to be in there as part of the things they couldn't do a sound effect at that point but what he did was he took the uh he went home today took the uh sound effect out and this is words i never thought i would say a wave back exclusive nobody has ever heard this song quite like this before this is just the music degeneration theme with no jetpack uh, Vicky, have you ever even heard of this game before? I haven't. I went to go look for it, and it looks familiar. Like, maybe I saw it on the shop on PS4. But... Yeah, because they just did a remake of this. Yeah. Can't that. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've never seen this. All right, well, uh, get ready to enjoy uh, one badass uh, opening, opening screen music. Uh, I love this song. So here is Degeneration Theme by Sean Googler. Degeneration theme, as never heard by anybody else before, uh, which is kind of fantastic. Vicky, what'd you think of that one? That's some cool music. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's just oh man. So when when you're when the game starts off, it's it's just a 
it, you know, it's just a relatively rudimentary looking game, and you, you've got your little title sequences going on there, like you know the different program uh, the companies that are involved in it, and whatever, and then the uh, the title of the game and kind of tells you the story of what's going on with all this music set there, but just the way it builds. Now the jetpack uh, came in in that kind of quieter part towards the middle there, so it's, it's it doesn't sound like it's missing anything, but it is really neat how it almost seems like the song was built. We, you know, it was built with that in mind, and I, I think that's kind of what Sean was telling me earlier. But either way, this is just such a cool, a cool tune. Yes, I, I really, really liked it. It sounded very, uh, it did sound very old school. <laughs> Definitely old school. Mm-hmm. The um, what's neat about this one is like I have, I haven't heard this song sound like this since it came out, and honestly, I don't remember all the detail of it back then, because I used to just play the game, and this song comes on when you start, and I would, like, try to continue and whatnot, go back to it, but I've been listening to uh, the emulated version of this track for years, at least four or five years now, and um, hearing all the little extra notes and stuff in there are really interesting, so, I mean, I, I, there's no sense in me pointing it out, because this is the only version that you're hearing, but... Man, oh man, this is this is a killer song. So uh, it made me uh, think of um, V V V V V V. Yeah, it actually, I I can I can hear that. That's got it's got kind of that really cool retro vibe to it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is literally retro as yeah. opposed to ninety one. V V V V. Yeah, nineteen ninety one was uh, when this one came out. What a what a kick ass song! Thank you very very much to Sean for getting this track to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, he's a super cool dude and. Um, Let's move on with our night. Track number two is going to be a radical departure. <laughs> Track number two is from a Nintendo DS game called Pack Picks. Uh, we're listening to Stage Music 2 from Pack Picks for the Nintendo DS by Yoshinori Kawamoto, uh, aka Kawagen or Kawagen. I'm not really sure how he would say that, but he's got a little nickname he likes to throw into his credits. Uh, he's worked on a, a bunch of stuff for Namco, like older Namco products, like the original Splatterhouse. Uh, and he even worked on Star Fox Assault for the Nintendo GameCube. Um, this guy's got a really cool uh, really cool set of career music behind him. Now, this game, Pack Picks for the DS, was, um, was a really early DS game, uh, and I liked it a lot. I really liked this game, and the music was no small part of it, but... A lot of the music was, I mean, it was good, but there wasn't a ton of it. And this song is like a standout track for me because uh, it's kind of like a f- an extended version of the little Pac-Man theme, like when you start up a game of Pac-Man. <laughs> uh, it, oh, no, actually, this isn't that one. It's the um, the intermission music. That's what this is. This is like kind of an extended version of the intermission music from Pac-Man. Um, it's great. It's just a catchy little tune, so... Um, Let's go ahead and uh, listen to it. Here is track number two, Stage Music 2, from Pac-Pix for the Nintendo DS.
So that was uh, stage music too from Pack Picks. Uh, it's Vicky over. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you enjoyed that one. <laughs> Have you ever played this game before? Pack Picks? No. Well, uh, what's neat about this is that it, this this is it hails from the very early years of the Nintendo DS, like the very beginning, and it was it's very touchscreen oriented. What you do oh. is you draw a Pac-Man on the screen. You have a certain number of Pac-Mans. I think you have a certain number you're allowed to draw. It's been years since I've played this game, but so you draw um, a little Pac-Man, and uh, you then draw little walls to direct him on where to go, and you have to draw a Pac-Man that can eat all the ghosts, and the smaller your Pac-Man is, the faster it goes, and the bigger you draw, the you know more chomping ability it has, but the slower it goes. Um, it's, a, it's a really clever game. and it sounds really fun. Oh, it's, it's, it's a it's a blast, and this is really this is one of two Nintendo exclusive Pac-Man games that I simply cannot believe was never ported over to the Wii U. Um, this and Pac-Man Versus, because this the console is perfectly designed for this, and it would just make such a great sit down and play with a bunch of other people around kind of experience. Uh, Pac-Man is it's a horribly underrated game. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's super cheap if you want to look this up anywhere, but um. Boy, I love this song. Um, there's there's a couple other tracks from this game that are really good. It's, the whole soundtrack kind of has this really good vibe to it, but it's just one of those games that just I was never going to get around to doing an episode of, uh, just solely based on pack picks. So <laughs> I picked my favorite track from the game and tossed it in here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to a track number three of the evening, which is the Overworld music from Euphoria the Saga for NES. Vicky, have you ever even heard of this game? Wait, let me Google it really quick. <laughs> Euphoria. <laughs> uh, no. Okay, this game, its that's not surprising, because this game actually wasn't released in America until the Wii Virtual Console. Um, it was originally going to be released here, just never, never made it out. This is a, um, this is a really late Sunsoft game, and if you know me, you know I have a, a deep, deep-seated love of Sunsoft NES games. They were just some of the best, the best NES games. And uh, when this song came out, I when this game actually came out here in America, and I saw it was by Sunsoft, I downloaded it immediately, and I have not regretted it since. I got a, a repro cart that runs properly on an, on an NES. Um, man, this game is really cool, and it is intensely bizarre. But oh, the music it looks so derpy. <laughs> it is immensely derpy. That is the word <laughs> for this game. It is like early on in the game, you're walking around, and this like rope is coming down from the top of the screen. Mm -hmm. So you grab the rope and you climb up, and once you get to the top of it, you realize it's not a rope. It is a string of drool coming from what is clearly a mentally incapacitated block <laughs> with his eyes looking in two different directions and it's just <laughs> drooling and you're climbing up the drool string. <laughs> this game is so bizarre. Oh my god, I love it to death. The music was done by uh, Naoki Kodaka, uh, who is a classic Sunsoft composer, uh, composed for Fester's Quest, Batman for NES, Super Fantasy Zone for Sega Genesis, and one of my all-time favorite games, definitely top 10, Blaster Master, the original Blaster Master for NES. I had no idea that this was the same composer, uh, because Blaster Master is such a phenomenal soundtrack beginning to end. And truth be told, Euphoria does have a very good soundtrack, but... 
this track, the Overworld song, is far and away my favorite song of the game. Like, it's it's not even close. It's not even a contest. Um, this does have a very unique sound to it, uh, the, the bass sound, which you kind of pay attention to, which um, Sunsoft was notorious for using later on in the NES's uh, life cycle. It's a very, very deep and full bass sound. I... F- I almost feel like this sound is it sounds out of tune to me every every now and then. So, I have kind of a love-hate relationship with it, but either way, this track is totally awesome. So, uh let's go ahead and listen to track number 3, Overworld from Euphoria the Saga for NES. like getting ready for your super cool adventure yeah pretty much you don't know what you're going to do climb up some weird slime (laughs) speaking of not knowing what you're going to do i um i had no idea how to jump like how to fight bad guys in this game until more than halfway through my first playthrough wait and i've played through this one a couple of times what do you mean well all right so you jump on bad guys Mm -hmm. but in order to actually attack them you have to hold down when you're in the air and then he'll stomp on guys. Oh. So I like made it through the first chunk of this game with extreme difficulty because I couldn't figure out how to attack things except for throwing these little uh, rock head things that would show up from time to time. It was way harder than it needed to be for a long time. Um, <laughs> but I eventually made it through. I-, I love this game. Now, if you've ever played this game but you've only played the Wii Virtual Console version, mm-hmm. this probably sounds very different to you because... For whatever reason, and I can't believe they haven't fixed this, and even they re-released this on the Wii U Virtual Console the same way, this is the, the, the version that was released here in America is actually the PAL version running through NTSC emulation. So the music is all screwed up. It's playing the music uh, twice as fast uh, because the, the 
it just that's the difference between PAL and NTSC. It was like you know how much power was being used, and PAL music tends to be a little screwier. And so when they're running it through the NTSC emulation engine, it speeds up the music, and all the like the bass is completely out of tune. The, it's a totally different um, tempo. It's still a catchy enough tune, but the whole game sounds like it sounds like it's in this odd minor key. It's really bizarre, but um. This is how the music is supposed to sound, so if you have played this game before, and you've never heard it like this, uh, look it up on YouTube, or uh, find a playthrough of it, or there's, there's ways to get this game to play it with the proper music, and I, I definitely recommend it as well worth it. Well, it looks like I'm going to have a lot of games to play. We're only on the <laughs> third track, and I'm going to lose all of my money. <laughs> I think of the ones we've talked about so far, I think you'll really like Degeneration. That game is so clever. It's it's such a clever puzzle <laughs> puzzler. Euphoria actually plays a lot like a, a Metroidvania type of game. Ah. Um, it's just one big open world. You get you get you get abilities, but you also unlock different characters. So it's it's almost got like a Simon's Quest kind of vibe to it, where you can switch between different characters oh. that have different attributes to let you get from point A to point B. And the characters are so weird. The game is nothing but weird. I love it to death. All right, so it's kind of like uh, the game we're gonna do next time which we'll talk about later yeah which we'll talk but... about later which i've never even heard of so i'm pretty jazzed about that <laughs> uh all right let's move on to track number four i love this song i love this game um this is a game called ikachan uh this is by pixel amaya the guy who did cave story this is the game he did before cave story what it is the story of an adorable octopus it pretty much only has like two or three songs in the whole game uh and this is the song that plays through 90% of the adventure, and it is such a nice song. Oh my god. Uh, it's it's going to be a really different feel uh, than the other songs that we've listened to. This is a much more chill song. It's a relatively chill game, and I, I really like that about it. I love, love, love this game. It kind of got a lot of crap when it came out on 3DS, because, you know, it used to be a freeware game, and then they were charging for the 3DS version, and I say I don't care. I was worth every penny that I played for it, because it is so charming and so uniquely pixel. It just remi it has that same soul that Cave Story has. So um let's go ahead and listen to Swim Ikachan from Ikachan for PC and 3DS by Daisuke Amaya.
So that was Swim Ikachan from Ikachan. What'd you think of that one, Vicky? That's really cute. <laughs> it sounded like an underwater song. It had like the very drawn out, like subtle end note at like yeah, yeah. each of the notes. It was very, very echoey. Mm-hmm. Very... Yes, echoey. That's the word. <laughs> uh, when I when I first played this game, um, I mean, it's really short and very like straightforward. Like, there's not a lot of, and it's, it's all exploring. Very little in the way of, I guess, combat because you're basically a little octopus squid thing. But uh, after I beat this game, I whoa, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> After I beat this game, I went back, uh, I would drive to work and I would just plug in my 3DS and uh, plug the little AV wire in my car into the 3DS and just listen to this music for like a good long while at a time because it's so relaxing, it's so chill, and it's such a, a beautiful melody. Yeah, this was very, a very sweet song and just looking at the, um, the art for it, <laughs> like I see like the box art and this this adorable little octopus cat thing <laughs> oh boy yeah so you've played cave story right yes uh you're you've got to play this game okay. it's it's super it's cheap it's super short and let's play it on pc i think you can still get it for free Ooh. it uh it's just it's such a delightful little game and man like you were saying it's just it just has a very dreamy echoey underwater oceany feel and um and also, similar to the, a lot of the music in Cave Story, it's got that kind of underlying sense of melancholy to it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there was always this... I can't wait to do a Cave Story episode. We're so going to do that relatively soon. But um, I was going to mention that. I'm like, maybe I'll change my <laughs> mind. Maybe we'll do Cave Story instead. <laughs> One of my favorite things about Cave Story is that it, it looks all bright and bubbly and cute. <laughs> well, not really bright. It looks adorable, but... There's just this really kind of sad and lonely undertone to the whole game, and it comes through a lot in the music, like really impressively so. And it's a similar situation with Ikachan. There's like, you know, there's sharks that are kind of like big bullies, and um, you know, there's there's death involved, and it, really similar to the to, to the way things are done in Cave Story. And this and this is basically just like almost like the precursor to Cave Story, besides the fact that it was literally a precursor to Cave Story, but you can see where a lot of that DNA came from. And uh, it's it's owed so much... My enjoyment of this game is owed so much to this music and so much to this song in particular. It's just a, just a gorgeous piece. All right, so we're going to take another radical turn. We're heading back to the NES in a game called Pipe Dream. Um, this music is done by Chris you know what? I really don't know how to say Chris's last name, but he spells his first name the same way as me, K-R-I-S, so you're awesome. <laughs> I'm going to say Chris Haitlid and Mike Sokrika. Uh, Chris did lots of Commodore 64 and DOS games, like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles World, World Tour, uh, the DOS, I think, Amiga versions of Castlevania, uh, Altered Beast, and even Madden Football 93 for the Sega Genesis. Uh, while Mike seems to have worked on a lot of the same games as him, uh, also worked on Castlevania and Altered Beast for DOS, and has his own bizarre sports credits for FIFA 97 for Genesis and NHL 94 for Super Nintendo. Um, Pipe Dream, have you ever played this game before? Uh, Googling. <laughs> <laughs> Dream. Oh! Oh my god! Oh my god! You, you may know it as Pipe Mania. Uh, it had two different titles. Oh no, I played Pipe Dream! I forgot all about this game! <laughs> <gasps> I had this I had Chips Challenge and Mouse Hunt on my old PC. Oh, and oh, um, nice. and the other one, Free Free Fall or something. Free something. Oh, Ski Free. Ski Free. Oh my god. 
It takes oh. me back. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So I, I, I had never played this on PC. I only played this on NES, and I believe that the NES version had different music from a lot of the different other versions of the game. Because I was looking up a few different versions earlier, and I couldn't find a different version of this exact song we're going to listen to, which is Stage Music 1. But the basics of this game, uh, if if you don't remember, are you basically have like an assortment of pipes laid out, and you have to like make a, as long a train as possible for when this white goop or green goop starts flowing through the pipes, called the flues, and um, you know eventually spills over the side. And the longer your um, pipe is the higher your score is so it's 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 kind of a really addictive puzzle game it's so fun we have to stop right now so i can play (laughs) (laughs) well you can play while we listen to the track uh so here is stage music number one from pipe dream for the nes by chris haitlid and mike sokrika Stage music number one from Pipe Dream. Uh, what a unique song. I can't think of any other NES song that I've ever heard that sounds quite like this one. It's very high-pitched. I don't remember this song. Yeah, I don't think it was in any of the other versions. But yeah, it does get it does get remarkably high-pitched towards the middle there, which is like... the. <sighs> almost like they weren't using enough of the NES's uh, sound chip. You know, the, mm-hmm. the bass just kind of keeps... The bass line keeps getting higher and higher and higher to the point where the music starts sounding very hollow towards the middle. But those technical complaints aside, this this track has stuck with me for... I mean, since I, I rented this game from Captain Video back when I was a little kid, and I just... I fell in love with this music even more so than the game. I mean, I liked playing the game and all, but... I loved this song. It just it has a very classical feel to it. And I almost wonder what instruments were going through their mind when they were making it. I could almost hear it in like sort of a harpsichord type of thing. But then you've also got those really high sustaining notes going on. So maybe a flute. I, I just don't know. I was really happy when I rediscovered this, this game years later because I hadn't seen a copy of it for the longest time. And then maybe about 10 years ago, I found one. And uh, Thank you for reminding me of this game because we're gonna have to tell my friends and family that i won't be around for a while <laughs> falling back into pipe yeah <laughs> all right let's move on to track number six this is um oh this game this game right here okay track number six is from a game called out of gas for the game boy I just discovered this game a couple of months ago um i had never seen it i had never heard of it before 
its original black and white Game Boy game. I went to um, my local video game store, Level Up, and I saw it sitting in the glass case uh, for, I think, $3. And I had never... It, it's very rare that I come across a game I've never even heard of before. And so I figured, well, 3 bucks, game I've never heard of? You're coming with me. I, I gotta know. And this is a really cool game. Um, again, this is something I talked about a bit on the Stone Age Gamer podcast, but um, it's a... Uh, it's another kind of action puzzle game, um, I guess n- not too similar in genre to Degeneration, but plays very differently. You're a um, you know you're a spaceship, and you kind of it, it plays, a little, I guess physically plays a little bit like Asteroids or uh, Geometry Wars or something. But you're you're flying around trying to blow up these uh, different tank things that your spaceship continues to have gas. And once you blow up all the things and get all the gas, then you move on to the next stage. But this game is this really weird character to it. It like it opens up with this really lame cutscene with this space like raggedy spaceship with fuzzy dice hanging from its rearview mirror, and like this guy is clearly on a date with his space girlfriend who's like <laughs> not putting out, and he's like being kind of a sleazebag about it like oh no I ran out of gas I guess we should make out and the girl like pulls a tank of gas out from under the seat and winks at the camera it's just like what in the precious (laughs) (laughs) it is in fact precious that is the the best word way to describe (laughs) this oh goodness but this this song it just so encapsulates the feeling the vibe of this game uh, the track is called BGM One because I couldn't think of what else to call it. Um, I recorded it straight out of my Game Boy because um, I I can't find a version of this song by itself anywhere on the internet. So I just I plugged in my Game Boy and I I recorded it, uh, which was a really fun experience because I had to record the first part of it and then make a bunch of sounds and then restart the level and then get a bunch of gas in the beginning and let the song play out to go through to a loop. Um, so that I could then splice those two halves of the song together to make the whole song without sound effects playing over it. So, welcome to a window into what I do with my spare time. <laughs> this is very intricate. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even do it for this show. I did it like a couple of months back just so that I could listen to the track in the car because <laughs> uh, I love it so much. Um, and just so you know, there is a there is a rather um, abrupt loop that you'll hear in this in this. That's not the loop that I did. That actually is the way that plays out in the game. The the natural loop that I the way I spliced it together, you can't even it's it's seamless, but there is a a rather abrupt loop somewhere that you can you can hear it. But um so this music was done by Dave Hayes and arranged by Dave Warhol. Uh they worked for Real Time Associates and the Dave Hayes was um I'm sorry, Dave Warhol was a guy who wrote this like these programs, the drivers that people would compose MIDI files and then dump them into the drivers uh, and then they would work on the different systems. Um, Hayes wrote music for like the NES version of Maniac Mansion, Rocketeer, as well as several other games for Amiga and PC, while Warhol, the guy who created the drivers, um, he worked on tons of games for like the Intellivision, the Super NES, and lots of stuff Real Time Associates did. Um, but what's really interesting, what I like so much about this song is that you can tell that um, Hayes was a uh, a guitar player because this is just all cheesy surf rock with a very 
obviously it's coming out of a Game Boy, but you can tell that this is somebody who knows how to make a guitar solo because it's just that's all that's happening in this song is surf rock guitar solo coming out of a Game Boy. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. It certainly is. I love this song. Here is BGM One from Out of Gas for the Game Boy by David Hayes. <laughs> GM1 from Out of Gas for the Game Boy. Oh, I love this song. It's so stupid and fun. It's really fun. <laughs> Isn't it great? It's uh, and now I don't mean to disparage the rest of the music in the game because it's it's you know it's good enough for what it is. There's not a lot of other different songs. It kind of scrolls through the same three or four songs as you go from level to level. But this song is head and shoulders above every other track in the game, like without a doubt. It's it's so much fun to listen to. Um, what's interesting is if you listen really, really close to it, you can hear a couple of sour notes in the bass, which I think comes from, I had, I had read that, uh, the drivers, if you didn't put things in exactly correctly, sometimes it would cause some weird spillover. And seeing as I've never heard of this game, nor do I know anybody else who is aware of this game, <laughs> um, I don't think a lot of effort was put into it, uh, it, to, to begin with, which I think is a shame because, I mean, clearly David ha- Dave Hayes knows what he's doing when writing a cool surf rock song, clearly, because this song is catchy as all get out, and um, the game's really fun. It's everything a Game Boy game should be. It's very pick-up-and-play. I-, I wish this was on uh, the 3DS Virtual Console, because I'd love to be able to you know, pick up from a, you know, a stage I left off at without having to go through the pad- password system or anything. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on this one? It was really cute. I was kind of taken out of it during that abrupt stop 
that you had <laughs> mentioned. I was like, wait, did it? What happened? Did something mess up and it like picked up again? I'm like, oh, never mind. Yeah, when it just starts right from the beginning again, like there's just that little clip there, right when it's right the initial loop. And that's an, on purpose. Yeah, I think it was just you know that was that was the loop that the game had in mind, mm-hmm. and I think it just didn't loop correctly. Oh. Like it could have used a little bit smoothing out, but other than that, again, I don't think. Oh yeah, under the, other than that, it was really good. Yeah, it's just a great, such a great tune, such a well-composed tune. Like this had all the pieces going on, it had you know a solid drum beat, and you could just you could all the vibrato they added to that main that main melody. You could just tell this was written for an electric guitar. Like you could, I could hear this coming out of an electric guitar. Like it's <laughs> it's so well done, and I love how versatile the Game Boy is. Oh, good lord, I could just keep talking all night. <laughs> So let's move on to a song that has been stuck in my head for the last couple of months. We're going to be listening to a track called Round Game from Wario's Woods, specifically the Super NES version of Wario's Woods. I adore the Super NES version of Wario's Woods. I like the NES version, but the Super Nintendo version is vastly superior. But the NES version is the one that gets all the replay and all the re-releases and all the notoriety because it was the last NES game. Uh, it was also the only NES game that got um, uh, rated by the ESRB. So things like NES Remix, the Virtual Console, that's where Wario's Woods keeps coming back. But the Super Nintendo version, which for some reason has been completely forgotten about, is so much cleaner and so much more... Wario's Woods is a very complex puzzle game. It's kind of like a well-based puzzle game. Uh, similar to something like Tetris or uh, Dr. Mario, or maybe even something a little bit more akin to like Super Puzzle Fighter 2. Um, except instead of controlling the blocks or things that are falling down and matching up colors that way, you control Toad, as in like like a little platformer kind of a thing. And you're running up and down walls, picking up monsters and putting them down, and trying to arrange these explosions with the different bombs that fall down that are you know lined up the same colors. And it is such a complex puzzle game, which is why I understood why it never really seemed to take off with a lot of people. But for some reason, the game just clicked with me. And with the Super NES version, you have more buttons on the controller, so you can do more commands a lot easier. There's ways to do all the different commands in the NES version, but it is far less complex to do on the Super Nintendo. It's just a lot easier to, to say, I want to pick up this whole stack, or I want to pull this one monster out from the middle of the stack. And the music is superior. The music is just great. Um, Both versions of Wario's Woods, the NES and Super NES, I think have one or two great tracks among a series of decent tracks. Um, But this Super Nintendo track from the round game is, is one of my favorite Super Nintendo songs. It's so catchy. And the instrumentation is so great. Um, You said you had some experience with this game, Vicky, right? Nope. I was thinking of a different game. This is like a a Tetris game, right? (laughs) Yes, this is this is a puzzle. Yeah. Uh. -uh. (laughs) All right. Well, the music in this one for the the Super NES version was done by Hiro Hiroaki Suga. (laughs) Sure, let's go with that. Hiroaki Suga and Tadashi Ikegami. Ikegami, yes. Uh, Suga primarily did sound drivers, um, but composed on games like Revenge of the Gator and Rollerball. These, both these people worked for uh, HAL Labs a lot. Uh, Ikigami has done some great work composing on a lot of Kirby games, like Kirby's Pinball Land, Kirby's Dream Land 2, and even contributed to the Super Smash Bros. Melee soundtrack, uh, which is quite the accomplishment. 
I've been playing a lot of Warriors Woods lately, <laughs> which is kind of what made me want to do this episode in the first place. That this was kind of the uh, the impetus behind me really wanting to do this uh, one hit wonders because I wanted to do a Warriors Woods episode because I've been listening to this song particularly so much because I've been trying to beat this game since I was a kid and I'm so close. <laughs> I'm farther than I've ever been. It's just oh, the last few rounds are so so difficult. But this song has been stuck in my head for weeks, and I am always happy to listen to it. I love this track so much. So, uh, without further ado, from the superior version of Wario's Woods, here is Round Game from Wario's Woods for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. short track but oh my god i love it (laughs) (laughs) it does sound very catchy i can see why it gets stuck in your head (laughs) oh it's so catchy and it's so motivating like that bit where the trumpets come in (laughs) and just that that kind of like really fast like the i don't really know how to describe it that kind of like just going on in the background the whole time just kind of keeps you invigorated and this game is so intense like i swear lots of puzzle games like this is one of the most complex puzzle games I've ever played. You have to be keeping track of so many different things, and you have such a literal hands-on approach to moving the things around in this game. Like, even more so than something like Panel Dupon, where you're moving a cursor around. It's like you are literally controlling a character and picking up the blocks and putting them where you want them. And what makes the game so intense is that the whole time you're playing it, it's like, you know, obviously blocks are falling down, but where the Wario aspect comes in is that there's a meter filling up on the side. And once that meter is full, Wario comes out and just starts screwing your day up. Oh, what a jerk. He'll do his classic shoulder charge into the side of the um into the side of the stage itself and the top, which is actually a thwomp, will come down. And so like the the, the stage itself will start collapsing in, giving you less room to move maneuver. Um he'll start dropping all kinds of monsters because Typically when the game's, the game's, the level starts and you'll get a bunch of different colored monsters and the bombs will drop down. But when Wario's at, it's bombs and monsters dropping down. And, oh, he is a bastard. (laughs) Wario is a bastard. (laughs) He is a bastard-coated bastard with bastard filling. Oh, goodness. But this game is so much fun. Um, what do you think of this track? It was really, it was a lot of fun. Like all these other tracks you've been showing me. Uh, I feel like that's all I'm saying. They're really, all these songs are so happy and like cheerful and stuff. Yeah, I don't think I have any tracks tonight no, that are at least songs. kind of cheerful. I, this is this is like some of my favorite video game music. And this, <laughs> particularly the instrumentation in this, like this is a relatively, not that late of a Super Nintendo game. It was one of the last NES games. It was, I love the really good music that came out of the Super Nintendo. It sounds so complete. Like, this is clearly video game music. Like, it, there's no mistaking the fact that this is coming out of a video game system. 
but the music itself sounds so complete and so full and so expertly crafted that you could mistake it for it, it it is very distinctly what it is but unlike a lot of other video game music i feel like where you would think of something like well this would sound really cool being played by real musicians but when i think of music like like this or music like donkey kong country or super metroid or any of any of the really really finely put together super nintendo games there's just something unmistakably great about this sound. I love this sound so much. It's so sharp, so clean, and so well put together. I just, I, I could listen to this music all day. And with the miracles of modern uh, technology, being able to hear this music like completely unencumbered and coming through headphones to really hear all of the little intricacies involved is is remarkable. Because, you know, when I this game came out, you were playing it on a CRT or something like that, and obviously you could do some really cool things using the AV cables and the Super Nintendo. I used to have mine plugged into an old stereo system, and man, hearing the Donkey Kong Country 2 soundtrack like that was, was out of this world, but, you know, on modern headphones, like I'm listening to this right now with a direct feed ripped straight from the game, <laughs> it's just remarkable to hear all the little stereo effects and all the, the small details that were poured into this stuff that makes it sound so good. Oh, I love this music. All right, let's move on to uh, probably one of the more obscure games of the night. This is a game that I rented for the NES when I was a kid called Magmax, um, and I have absolutely no idea who wrote this music. Well, the NES version, at least. The arcade version was written by Ryoichi Yamada, but as far as the NES version goes, no idea. So uh, if you out there happen to be listening to this and happen to be the person who made this music, please let me know so I can credit the heck out of you, because this is a great tune. This is also probably the weirdest tune you're going to hear tonight. Like, this song is bizarre. Um, it kind of seems like a happy little happy-go-lucky song, and then a bunch of strange sound effects start getting crammed in there. Magmax is a scrolling shooter, kind of like you know your R-Type or Gradius kind of thing. Um, except uh, your little ship can also get, like, a giant robot head and giant robot legs separately, of course. So if you get, like, the legs, you're just, like, a spaceship with giant robot legs. And um, it just it just keeps going. It's an infinite loop kind of a thing, which is why there's no credits, which is why I have no idea who wrote the music. Uh, but this music is real catchy. It's a, it's a really cool tune, and it's not really the kind of tune you would expect from, like, a really weird-looking outer space scrolling shooter. So here is stage music from Magmax for the NES by somebody. Enjoy. This was the stage music from Magmax for the NES. That was intense. 
Wow. <laughs> it starts all right, so when it starts off that like weird weird intro, uh your your ship is like coming up from out of ground mm -hmm. and then this super happy music, uh with a really really strange <laughs> cadence uh starts playing um is very wacky <laughs> it is very wacky but it's such an interesting tune like that bass line is very it's it's almost asynchronous like to a certain degree it's it's a very unique track um i mean i've never heard anything like it i i earlier today i looked up the arcade version and listened to the arcade version of this music and um it's just as weird this is a really great translation of that song don't get don't, don't get me wrong but man just Here's all these weird-ass sound effects just shoved into the middle of it. <laughs> oh, man. You find all these crazy games. How, how do you stumble well, this upon was a, them? Well, this was another rental when I was a kid. Um, you know, basically, when I was growing up, it was you played the games that were at your local video store. And I went in there, and the cover for this game is awesome. It's a giant robot in space with a laser sword, like lightsaber style, fighting a giant robotic three-headed <laughs> dragon. I was like, yeah, I'll I'll rent this. I see no reason not to. This sounds fantastic. <laughs> and I took it home, and it's a boy. It's it's a strange little game, because like you know the top half of it, it's it's kind of split into two different halves, and you can travel back and forth between them. There's a, a like an above ground section and an underground section, and they both play a little bit differently from one another. But you know, end of the day, it's just an endless scrolling shooter, and it's this music gives it such a weird vibe. Like if I don't, I can't think of anything else that's really quite like this besides maybe Seacross, which is another NES game from FCI. Uh, it's a kind of a racing game, but it's got a really similar vibe to this, where it's like futuristic and post-apocalyptic, and you would think that just from the looks of it, it would be set to some kind of death metal, but instead it's set to like really kind of groovy, fun, goofy music. So it was also. Or you could buy it on the PlayStation 4 Arcade Archives. Yeah, I heard about that. That's really weird um, and kind of awesome. So if you like scrolling shooters and, and, and you've never played this before, give it a, give it a shot. Like, it, you could do worse. And <laughs> at the very least, it will be memorable because I, I can almost guarantee you've never played anything quite like it before. Speaking of the PlayStation, this is another game that got a really great remaster for the PlayStation, but nothing beats the original. This game is called Spelunker for the NES, and this is, without a doubt, one of the catchiest pieces of music you will ever hear in your life. <laughs> this song is great. It's very short, but it's, you know, it plays through the whole game, and it is just, it is catchiness personified. So, uh, Spelunker for NES, this, um, this one had a question mark next to it, uh, in the link that I'll be providing in the show notes, because... I really don't know where this information is from, but stylistically it makes sense. Um, the, the NES version seems to be credited to Akito Nakatsuka. Nakatsuka. Let's, let's go with Nakatsuka. Uh, there's no specific credit sequence in the NES game, but like I said, stylistically, if you think about other games that uh, Akito was, is credited to, like um, a lot of early NES games, black box games like Clue Clue Land, Ice Climber, Excite Bike, and even Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! and Zelda 2 which um, I didn't realize wasn't a Koji, a Koji Kondo joint. Um, I love the soundtrack to Zelda 2. Really great, really great stuff. And it makes sense that this song would be written by um, 
uh, the same person that did all that other that other music because uh, this song is just so catchy. It's so catchy. So uh, here we go. Let's listen to Stage Music 1 from Spelunker. getting that out of your oh, head. Oh no, thanks a lot. But it's so it's, good. It's really catchy. Oh, <laughs> uh, what I love about what I love about listening to this song as opposed to listening to it in the game itself is that it has this um thing that NES tended to do from time to time, but it doesn't correct itself fast enough. The drums disappear or the drum as it were cuz it's really just a snare drum. Uh once another sound effect happens in the game. <laughs> um and this song is so much better with that little that just that jazzy little snare drum in there. Oh my god, this song is ridiculous. Uh, they made a newer version of Spelunker for PlayStation 3, which was a lot of fun. And I believe this game was kind of what that game Spelunky is more or less based on. Uh, it's you're, you're a little dude in a cave. You're getting power-ups. Uh, you can't fall very far. You can't get hit by anything. You were ludicrously fragile. <laughs> and... Uh, but it's a really fun game. Uh, it's a really challenging game. Uh, it's not that long, but... Oh man, this music, this song is just great. It's it's one of the, it's this is all time right here. <laughs> Love this track. This sounds like a it feels like I've heard this before, like this type of music. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's this is definitely right up the alley of a lot of early NES songs. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, like a lot of the simpler ones, the really early ones and uh it's it's one of the best in in my humble opinion. <laughs> Any more thoughts before we move on? Um I would not think of being in a cave by listening to this story. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> this song does not really seem... You know what, when you think, when you th- actually think about the premise, uh, it doesn't match at all, but when you see the game, it couldn't match more perfectly. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, let's move on to um, uh, one of my... I love all these tracks, but this is this is really up there. This might be my favorite track uh, of the evening. We're going to be listening to a song from Ms. Pac-Man Maze Madness for the PlayStation and Dreamcast. I specifically say the PlayStation and Dreamcast because this game came out on a lot of different platforms, including the N64, Game Boy Advance, um, but different songs were used for the first stage of the game in other versions. I'm talking about the song Cleopatra, very clever, from the Egyptian level, uh, which was the first level in Ms. Pac-Man Makes Madness on PSX and Dreamcast. Um, this song is by John Holland, most notably known for uh, uh, making the soundtrack to the Vector Man games, which was really cool. Uh, but this soundtrack is... This song is fantastic. This song is like... It reminds me a lot of this era in gaming, of PlayStation and Dreamcast, when video game music was it was going cd based so the instrument quality was was going through the roof but also you were getting a lot of games that were still very distinctly video game music you know they weren't really they hadn't 
really made the transition of just having scores, like movie scores, basically. Like, the video game music still sounded video gamey, and this is one of my absolute favorites from that entire era of gaming, is this song is so catchy, it's so good, it's so joyous, and um, it really fits in that kind of just, just Pac-Man fun vibe. And Miss Pac-Man Maze Madness is a really good game. It's a really, really good expansion of... Um, the Pac-Man gameplay, but we can talk more about that in a little bit. Um, here is Cleopatra from Ms. Pac-Man Maze Madness. I love about this song. Oh my goodness. Um that drum beat right in the beginning. Yeah, it just fantastic. Just gets you going. And the drums in particular are one of my favorite things about this song as it goes on. The use of toms during the, with this drum beat like just every now and then just giving those hints of that kind of surf drum beat to it and just the way it hits the toms on just the right just the right ways but oh man. I will never forget the first time I played this played this game and um so it plays a lot like a um, uh, like a Pac-Man game. Like it doesn't really play like the Pac-Man World games or any of those adventure games. It's kind of like a top view. Have you you've played this game before? Yeah. So just explaining for the audience, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go around to different mazes within a world, and you just like, collect the different dots and whatnot. Just play a little game of Pac-Man, and then do a little pushing block puzzle, and then you, you jump into another little area. And oh my. 
god, this song. I, as soon as I turned on this game, because, yeah, I wanted to try. I was, I'd play every Dreamcast game when it came out. I, I had to try them all. I loved the Dreamcast. Um, in fact, actually, I played this one on PlayStation first. But, man, when this song started up and I started playing, I was like, okay, this game is fantastic. <laughs> this That synthesizer sound, like, like what I'm talking about, you got that, you know, kind of a realistic sounding instruments, like with all the, the, mm-hmm. the fidelity yeah. is so high. But then you get that very just video gaming synth with the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It makes me smile every single time I listen to it. Without fail, this song will always put me in a better mood. It's it's just so fun. Uh, this is this is a game on the list that you actually have some experience with. Uh, which version did you play? Uh, what do you think of it? Oh, I played it on the... N64, actually. Ah, okay. So you've heard this song, but not the full version of it. Yes. The N64, I was listening to that earlier today when I was trying to figure out specifically which versions had it. And the N64 one is interesting is that it has like half of this song <laughs> in it. It loops and it, it, it's missing like my favorite part of the, the song, uh, the, the part with that, that really, that gorgeous singing synth. And it's, it's really compressed and it just kind of continuously loops the second half of the song it's really, really bizarre, um, because this game isn't huge. It was just a lazy port job, no questions about it. Like, <laughs> obviously, you know, making games for the N64 was not the easiest thing in the world, and compre- you, fitting CD-based games onto those cartridges, like, I don't want to disparage anybody, by, but to a certain extent, you have, to, you have to just call that laziness where it is, where <laughs> really you couldn't fit this whole song on there. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Oh God! This the, and 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 how dare you chop up John Holland's excellent work? Uh, really, if you get the chance, listen to the rest of this soundtrack. It's it's good music. Um, it's certainly not my favorite. Like uh, I never finished this game. A lot of it was a lot of the reason I never finished it was because the other music didn't really live up to stage one. Like I was really hoping for more music of this ilk in the game, and a lot of it just. Seems like it seems a little bit more generic to me, whereas this one just has such a such a character to it, such a soul, and is just so much fun to listen to. I'm excited for the next track, and <laughs> <laughs> well, um, then let's just move right on to it. <laughs> Sorry, um, I didn't have much to say about it. <laughs> no, that's I okay. That's okay. That game. So, all right, the next track is our last track of the night, um, and it is definitely the most danceable track of the night. Um, this, uh, this comes from Sonic Spinball for the Sega Genesis, which itself is a decent game. I know it's, it's got its fair share of haters out there, and it's got its own cult following. Uh, it's not the best Sonic game ever made. And even the soundtrack itself, uh, it, it, in a lot of respects, leaves a lot to be desired. But there is no arguing the intense awesomeness of Toxic Caves from Sonic Spinball by Howard Drossen, Brian Coburn, and Barry Blum. Drossen did some excellent work on uh, the Sega Genesis with games like The Ooze, Comic Zone, which is another awesome game, and Sonic & Knuckles. Coburn did the music for Echo the Dolphin, which we are definitely doing an episode of someday because that is some trippy, wacky stuff. And uh, Blum's most notable work besides this game came from the Army Men series. Uh, I don't know which of them or if all of them were involved in making this specific track, but this is 
it's such a sonic song, a like classic Genesis sonic song. And in fact, this is the only song from Spinball that was reused in, I think, Sonic Generations. They made an updated version of it, which is totally friggin' rad. But in my opinion, nothing tops the original. So we'll talk about it a little more after we're done. Turn up your speakers, put on your dancing shoes, and get ready for Toxic Caves from Sonic Spinball. Toxic Caves from from Sonic Spinball for Sega Genesis. That was like some epic 80s spy music. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> As that bass line is so... Oh, God, that bass That's line really makes cool. you move. Yep. It's so good. It's so good. How did we get from awesome Sonic music like this and the music from the regular Sonic Genesis games to the J-pop garbage <gasps> that spews out of... Nothing against J-pop. I'm talking the new Sonic music is just barf Sonic compared to Battles the old stuff. Or Sonic Adventure 2? Was it Adventure? Ugh. Ugh, I can't take it. I cannot I take it. I love it. How dare you? <laughs> I dug a lot of the music in Sonic Adventure, but man, when it, it's the lyrics. It's the lyrics that kill me. This is Knuckles. It's, 
Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) They're always singing about like, I have to believe in my friends and chase my (laughs) dreams and reach for the stars. I'm going to (laughs) fly. Every single freaking song is about believing in your friends and flying or some garbage like that. It's so... Oh, God, it just makes me want to throw up everywhere. (laughs) I remember when Sonic Adventure 2 came out on Dreamcast, I had this, the demo for it, and I'm playing the stage where you run through the city and the giant truck is chasing and stuff. And it's... It's so fantastic. I love the crap out of it. And then the final game came out, and I'm playing that stage, and then somebody starts singing. In the demo version, it was just the music, and then all of a sudden I'm going to, running around at the speed of sound. What what the hell is this? What what is this? How dare you? Don't even get me started on Sonic Heroes. I'm I'm crying. (laughs) I love all of those songs. They're all classics. <laughs> well, you do have power, which means if you won, one day we'll do a Sonic Adventure 2 episode. I'm so excited. I can't <laughs> wait to make you suffer. Oh, God. I can't take it. I can't take it. <laughs> but, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about... <laughs> we're talking about classic Sega Genesis Sonic the Hedgehog music particularly Toxic Caves from Sonic Spinball this is such a badass song it's it's not even that complex it's just the it's just the cadence is so intense it's so well done it's just there's not even a lot going on there doesn't need to be a lot going on it's just really really cool and i dig the hell out of this first stage i mean the the stage itself is it's it's Toxic Caves you're like you're playing pinball with Sonic all rolled up in a ball, breaking barrels and trying not to fall into toxic waste and whatnot. It's it's a, it's a fun game. I like video game pinball a lot, and Sonic Spinball has got its problems. Like, there's a lot of control issues in it. It wasn't very polished. I wish this game was more well-polished than it was. Like, I really wish somebody would remake this game and really put some effort into making sure the physics and everything functioned properly, because... It's not a bad concept. Sonic the Hedgehog works really well for pinball. Like, that is a really cool crossover there. Like, Kirby's Pinball Land is outstanding. Sonic's Pinball has every reason to be awesome. So, I don't know. What's your history with this game? Um, <clears throat> I only played it a little. Uh, I can't remember if I played this at my dentist's office. Did not see that coming. Yeah, no. He had um he used to have a giant arcade system and he had a bunch of Sonic games on it. And I think I played it there. Hmm. But it was very young. So <laughs> I can't remember much. We were young. There was lots of Novocaine involved. Yeah, there was a lot of Novocaine. I had a lot of cavities <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> Ah, well, this was fun. This was a, this was a blast. Uh, this episode is everything I wanted it to be. Um, <laughs> a, a big, huge, huge thank you again to uh, Sean Googler for um, the Degeneration song. Uh, that was really, really nice of you to do, and that song is completely badass. That was incredibly cool of you, and uh, there's it is my honor to <laughs> present uh, 
a completely sound effect free version of Degeneration's theme for the first time anywhere. Uh, and just every composer who made any of these these great tracks. Like, I hope being included in a one hit wonders uh, episode doesn't disparage. I don't want to take away from any of the other work, any of the other music in these games, any of the other tracks these artists have done, because it's all good stuff. This is just, in my opinion, best of the best, and games that weren't going to get a unique episode anyway. So thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you, Vicky, for joining me. You're welcome. Uh, and that's going to be our show. Tune in next time as we listen to the music of something called Risk of Rain, which sounds an awful lot like the weather around here lately. Uh <laughs> This is a, a game suggested by Vicky, which I have never heard of before in my life, uh, which makes me think that it's either really obscure or really new. As always, we would love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of these games, so if you've got any one-hit wonder ideas, uh, any uh, thoughts on Risk of Rain, or any other games you want us to, pl- want us to, want us to play, send them to mail at geekade.com. And while you're at it, check out all our other social media channels, which you should totally like, slash follow, slash subscribe to if you haven't already. And also be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. Any final thoughts, Vicky? Um, thank you, and I hope you come to join us next week because I just started getting into this game, and it was a lot of fun. Go out, go buy it on your PlayStation 4, play with all your friends. All right, cool. (laughs) Thanks again for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night.